What's up, Internet? Welcome to the second episode of the No Limit Podcast with me, Kupano. For this week, I'm chilling with the founder, one of the founders of the Anarchadium YouTube channel, none other than Menzi, aka Anarchadium. You do go by Anarchadium, right? Or it's just for, for the brand? It's, it's, well, nobody really calls me Anarchadium. Really? Yeah, it's just my Twitter and my social media, but people call me Menzi. Uh, you know, I, I, for the longest time I've just been thinking that's your nickname, like, that's nah, just you. Nobody, literally nobody calls me. Maybe like when I'm walking, a guy who knows it will shout it, but like my friends, they don't call me that. They call me Benzi. That's it, And um, are, you, are you a model? I saw somewhere that, I think you used to model. No, you I'm, still not, are. I'm not a model, but I like modeling if that makes sense. But I'm not a professional model. But I mean, like, if you go on my Instagram, I'm always, like, taking model pictures, <laughs> top, no, topless photos. The, the reason I'm asking is, yeah. while Googling you, I found your pits on the, like, modeling agency. Oh, um, yeah, well, I'm, I was part of an agency, but not for modeling. It was more for advertising. Uh-huh. So, like, auditioning for ads and, you know, stuff like that. Like, I used to audition for adverts, like, a few years ago. For, like, two years, I was auditioning for ads, but then I just stopped doing it. Right. Yeah. Because uh, the money good then? The money is good, but you have to get the money. Oh, so okay. out of like two years of auditioning, I get like I got like one ad. In two so, years. Yeah, it takes. Yeah, it's hard, man. And also like I just didn't like the way that I felt after auditions. It's just weird, like the stuff they make you do, like dancing and sometimes <laughs> just weird stuff, man. Like it just just felt weird to me, so I just stopped doing it. I don't know why we still like do that, this thing of people dancing or singing in adverts, why can't you just have, sell me what you want to sell without making people dance? Yeah, well, they only make black people dance. Though. Okay, that's true. Yeah, see, that's, that's, that's definitely true. But yeah, I guess, hey man, I don't know, man, I don't know why, but this advertising is very white, white space, so maybe their perception of, 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 of black culture is dancing and singing. Let's talk about you. Uh, where are you from? Um, I was born in Davidson. Okay. Yeah, my parents were both from Davidson. And then at about five, I, my grandparents from my mother's side moved to Durban. And then I spent some time there, like grade one and grade two. And then I came back to stay with my mother in Joburg. She, she, was, she my mother was young when she had me, so I had to be with my grandparents. And then when my mother got a job and figured out like her life and stuff, I came back to Joburg to stay with my mom and dad. Yeah. So you just grew up in Joburg? Yeah, most of my life I've been in Joburg. Yeah, yeah. Since like grade three, I've been in Joburg. Yeah, that's me as well. Yeah. I can't imagine myself like living anywhere else yeah. except overseas. Like, yeah, yeah, not anywhere else in the country, not Cape Town, not Devon. Yeah, no, I've never lived there. Cape Town, for Cape Town, I've never lived in Cape Town. Yeah, the, the Cape Town is just Cape Town is very beautiful, probably the most beautiful city in this country. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It feels like you're in another country. When, well, the, when you're in the upper side of Cape Town, like the more affluent side. But yeah, man, I, it's just, it's just too slow for me. I don't mind the racism because I don't know, like, I don't care. You know, I'm not really afraid of <coughs> white people or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's just too slow. Like, it's a very slow place. It's a place you go to relax and chill, a place you go to retire. 
But I think as a 20 something year old in Cape Town, it's a bit of a struggle. For me, that's Pretoria. When I go to Pretoria, two hours feels like six hours. <laughs> I can't chill in Pretoria. <laughs> Pretoria was not a vibe. Pretoria was a vibe, it's clean, it's nice, but yeah. I can't chill there. Yeah. Like just on a random day, just to go hang out there, it just feels like two hours is six. Because yeah, 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 nah, I'm used to the fast pace yeah, it is. Yeah, it's really super fast. Yeah, and I can keep up with that. So when I'm there, it feels like, what am I doing here? Yeah. It's just move slow. Nah, I get you, I get you. Um, what, what music are you playing right now? now you, I know you're big time into music. Um, yeah, uh, <coughs> right now I'm on Spotify. So. With Spotify, it, it introduces introduces you to music like every week. Yeah. So I'm discovering a lot of indie people. So I, stuff I listen to, stuff a lot of that's not really on heavy rotation. Yeah. Um, but it's mostly indie hip hop most of the time. And then I also try to jam local music. Like um, I jam like Mo, like a guy called Mo Artois just dropped. I was jamming his stuff. So uh, local in, indie hip hop. 80% of the time, I'm listening to indie hip-hop. Speaking of African, like African hip-hop, is it conducive to like introducing new artists? Because it always feels like niggas are just bubbling under and then they are the top five or six guys who are just dominating. Mm -hmm. Especially for like the past I think, five years, it's just been a rotation of the same guys. Casper, aka yeah. K.O. Questa, that Ricky yeah, I think, man, I don't know, I think breaking in, breaking into commercial hip-hop and SA yeah. is extremely difficult. I think it's just difficult in general, even overseas. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we, if, you, if something is dope, we must be able to identify something that's dope, even if a lot of people aren't jamming, you know, like sometimes I feel like, I feel like sometimes Casper drops music that's not that good but we'll, we'll jam it because he's, he's the commercial guy yeah. I feel like AKA, AKA has moments where he drops songs that I think aren't that good but people will jam it you know like I always say like SA is a very easy crowd you know if something is hype people are going to jump on it you know? um, I think we as people must be able to identify something that's good even if five people like it because yeah. that's the only way these guys are going to come up you know what I mean? Because yeah. I know a lot of guys that make amazing music that nobody, everyone ignores simply because the next man is ignoring it. Yeah. I've seen people, I've seen people ignore music until someone who has a voice says this is cool and then all of a sudden he's listening to it and says, oh, actually it is cool. So people need to kind of un un understand why they're listening to music. Are you listening to it because it's, it's hyped? Or do you actually enjoy the stuff you're hearing? Like, is your ear actually enjoying it? And until we can all literally like exercise that opinion, like, and be honest about what our ears are hearing, yeah. it's the only way these indie guys are gonna pop. Because I don't care if someone has three followers. Yeah, if this, the shit bangs, I'm gonna play that shit. You know what I mean? That's so true. even for my crib boys, I've had people send me songs that I've never heard of in my life. And if the song is dope, I'm playing the song. It's actually one of the things that I enjoy about Microwave Boys. The fact yeah. that you're always putting on unknown artists. Yeah, yeah. That when the credits are all at the end. Yeah, because, you know, when I started my channel, when I was researching 
I used to see a lot of SA YouTubers, just a few, they would always play like, even when you watch like promo videos of like on, on, on YouTube from local guys, they play international music, they're playing like Travis Scott, they're playing, so for me it doesn't really make sense. Um, so I, I was just trying to prove a point basically because half the people you heard on Microwave Boys, you've never heard of in your life, but everybody, there's nobody who said that song was whack, every song was dope. So I was trying to prove that point that people are choosing music because it's hyped, not because it actually sounds nice. Yeah. Because there's a local guy who can make us, who can make your video dope with his music, but because he's not famous, you're not gonna put his stuff on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that means that, that doesn't make sense if I'm trying to create a South African YouTube community and then play international music. It's like it doesn't make sense. Yes. You know, everything has to come full circle. So if I'm yeah. pushing a local YouTube, the song has to be a local song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and that's basically the whole intention of it. And also just to show that um, a lot of people who consume media don't realize that there's, there's actually an underground culture of music, video, art, whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we need to show people that there's actually a lot of local guys who are underground, who are creating cool stuff, yeah. Okay. Is it still? Yeah. Uh, still. <laughs> Dark. All right. Um, is there what else do you do outside of like um, YouTube and being an Acadian? Okay. Well, my day job is uh, I work for a production company, so okay. I'm a producer for television and an editor as well. Um, yeah. So I edit for TV basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. You you. Were you the editor on? I think this is Africa on BT. Yeah, well, I was the yeah, I was the one of the producers and the editor for This Is Africa. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. the yeah. show is cool, man. Oh yeah, you watched yeah. it? Yeah, a few, quite a few episodes. Yeah, of yeah, it. yeah. Now, I helped edit and produce that. No, that's yeah. cool. It's cool. Um, so why start YouTube, especially in a country where I think at the time that it was just crazy, the community was very small. And you were just one of those people who were like, I'm going to do this thing. Yeah, well, I was inspired by Americans, you know, because in America, YouTubing is like, it's yeah, hectic. It's, every it's a culture on its own. Um, every second person has a channel. A every second person has a podcast, you know, like, it's, it's like a it's like a thing there. It's normal. Everybody has a channel. Everybody knows. So basically, um, when in, in Joburg, I think, um, when I started my channel, the a lot of people it was a it was at a time where I, when i started my channel it was at a time where cedric um cedric uh the photographer yeah yeah and, exactly. and austin also photographers were kind of coming up as photographers and photography was like the vibe in Joburg. everybody everybody wanted to take everybody wanted to be a photographer because of cedric you know cedric used to i know he's, he's very huge now he's popping yeah. but before back in the day cedric used to walk around Bram. And just take photos of people. He had a had a whole thing called Everyday People's Photography. I don't know if you guys think know that's that. still his angle on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but that used to be an actual thing. He used to literally go in the streets for free and just take photos of people who looked nice, portraits and you know, and he became famous from that. Like people would literally want a photo taken by him, you know. So so at that point he inspired a lot of young people to be photographers. All of a sudden these photographers started popping up. Also yeah. doing exactly what he does, everyday people's, uh, which is dope. 
but at the time I was more into video because um, as much as I love photography, I just felt like the most visually expressive medium is video or like movies or whatever because I used yeah. to watch a lot of movies. So then I used to watch my my roommate Kelly in, introduced me to like a vlogger called Casey Neistat from America. Yeah. And then he was just doing like cool stuff with video and he just made it look very easy. So I just jumped. So then I just decided I'm going to be a vlogger because there's not much vlogging happening in Joburg. And then, yeah, I started Broke Niggas with my friends. And then at the time, people really were like, it was more, I don't know, I think they found it weird. It's just like, it's just a bunch of guys. And then, yeah, it just caught on eventually. Like after like a year, it took about a year for that show to catch on. Um, And then, yeah, and then I just started pushing like the youtube thing the youtube trying mm-hmm. to like grow the space in south in, in joburg not actually south africa south africa is big but joburg specifically because everybody in joburg was taking photos you know like yeah. and um everybody in joburg was like either fashion or photography and and that was like if you if you say the word influencer it's always a fashion or photography and yeah. i'm like but influencers and influencer if you if i start a channel and then and then 10 kids start a channel because of my channel that's influencing that's influence, yeah i mean yeah, if you yeah. if you start if 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 people watch no limit podcast and then start their own podcasts that's influencing you know influencing sure. was is not just about fashion or photography and for some reason every time you had that conversation it was always fashion and photography so cedric influenced people to be photographers you know what i mean sure. the same way some south african youtubers influenced others to start their channels that's they are influencers and 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 for me as much as i don't consider myself an influencer or consider let's say uh sibu an influencer he is influencing people so i think some people are influencers whether they're aware of it or not but either way it's fine like wasabi wasabi is not an influencer he doesn't walk around saying he's an influencer and i I don't think he thinks he's an influencer but but whether he likes it or not, he is one because he's influenced people to do stuff. You know what I mean? To That's start true. stuff. You know, so That's true. that that term is very like co- it's it's loose. It's very loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was actually like the recent controversy of brands collaborating with influencers and it seeming like it it didn't gel well and people were complaining. Yeah, well, influ- well, the um, relationship with influencers and brands. Um, when it comes to traction and and um and result for example like f- f- it's it's not working it's ineffective but um i but the reason why i personally respect and support influencers is because they're just like black people who are using themselves as brands to make money sure you know so i respect the fact that influencers can secure money and create a career out of it so I'll always like back influencers or anyone who gets who has an influencer job. Because one of my friends is an influencer, uh, Tato Mahaba. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. yeah, he's an influencer. So I can respect that hustle. I can respect influencing as a hustle, and I'll always support like black people, creating yeah. a whole new career out of that. Because if you told, because it's actually a new career for us in this generation. Is, there was yeah. none of that shit um, ten years ago, you know. So, um, but when it comes to their effectiveness, as in they act like if they do something do people respond it's ineffective you know what i mean because yeah. i've never seen an influencer push a brand and and, and and then i say oh actually i wanna i actually wanna buy that yeah and the last the last time i saw actual influencing happen in this country just generally generally was with uh casper 
where I, I saw kids with ponytails, literally. Yeah, I used to walk yeah, around yeah. malls and see kids with ponytails. That's influencing. You because know? of him. So when it comes to actual, the effect of it, the, the result of it, the, the, nothing really happens. But I respect the hustle of it. But then, yeah. don't you think it's because the brands that are sponsoring our influencers are more like top tier brands? Mm-hmm. They're not brands that the everyday individual who follows you has access to. Yeah, that's true. A lot of them do do for like um, higher end brands. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. I it's think true. Some I mean, some like influencers are sponsored by like maybe whiskey brands and stuff. Yeah, yeah. When niggas are chilling, it's just Heineken or Black or whatever. Yeah, it's well, not that. Well, yeah. Well, I think like a friend of mine, like I said, Tato, he gets yeah. very high end brands, but also we can argue that. Maybe those brands just want more black people to um to buy that because maybe they have a big white consumer okay. database and maybe they'll use black people to say that, you know, like um I think black people would like this as well. Let's let's see how they feel about it and and also um yeah, man, I think it's 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 such a complex thing, man. Like I, sometimes brand alignment is wrong. Sometimes yeah. people get influenced by the wrong brands. Like there was a whole huge thing about um, a few years back where influencers were getting Cavellas, um, trying to push the whole Cavella brand, wearing Cavellas, and it backfired because people were saying like, you guys used to diss Ikotane yeah. for wearing Ama Cavella, but now in the North, when you wear Ama Cavella, now we must jump it's on the brand again. But a few years ago, you you guys were the same people making fun of people like Asi, who rock Ama Cavella, you know? Yeah. And that that's happening a lot. I've noticed, like, for example, the yeah, like for the real influencer is very the hood, you know, like for yeah. like us, the people we used to make fun of are the people we we wearing their clothes, you know. Kids used to wear ikapa. Now, Yo, now in the suburbs, they are wearing ikapa. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Rick, his whole vibe is from the township. Yeah, his whole vibe. I think him and Okay Malu. No, you see, but Okay Malu we so he. he what he's doing, it's actually where he's from. Yeah. He's from, he's from like the townships in Durban or because from Durban. So, yeah. what who Okema Loom is, it's actually who he is, Vele, from up from his upbringing. Like in private, but, but in Ricky's case, for example, um, he's he's referencing the hood, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, sure. so, um, and 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 these are people we used to make fun of his sporty, gold tooth, rings, gold jewelry. Spanzula, Cavella, we used to make fun of these people, and we used to say people, people now in the in the in like commercial spaces in Joburg, but Cava, oh Cava, we used to make fun of people that For that, that, that yeah. was from the cast, Cava, oh Cava, out, whatever the case is. So, so that's real influence, but the brand the brands obviously aren't gonna go to Ekasi and get niggas from the hood to rock this stuff. They're gonna get people who are in closer proximity, you know, who are more. I guess more groomed to understand those spaces and use them, and it's an injustice to I want to ekasi for. Yeah, so it's yeah. a very, it's, it's like a very big conversation that I'm still trying to understand. But you know, influencing is is influencing. Whether you know what I mean, we need to actually get back to the real definition of it. But sure. but like I said at the beginning, the hustle of it is something I respect. So if you're black and you're an influencer and you're making money. I will hundred percent respect and Secure support and bank. support that hustle. Yeah. But if we are being honest about the actual results of that influencing, the results are non existent. Yeah. No, 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 yeah.
So, um, is is Anacadium just a YouTube channel, or it's also like a creative company? Is it, is is it a company that's registered, or or what? Um, no, it's not. I I did register the trademark of the name. Okay. But as a company, I did register it, but it, I'm not registered as a company anymore because I wasn't actually making actual income okay. from the um, from an Arcadium. So I, I stopped. I, I just trademarked the name, but I didn't register it as an official company. And um, yeah, an Arcadium does live on YouTube for now. Um, it's just video content creation, basically, um, and using video to kind of create like a convergence culture with all other mediums you know because with video you can do a lot you can do you can add music elements you can there's a lot you can incorporate artistically when you're using video so that's basically what an arcadium is right now it's like a con it's like a hub for content on youtube the same way like if you watch complex yeah it's like different types of videos if you watch like um uh, noisy or GQ, they have like five different types of content in yeah. one channel. Yeah, so that's basically what I'm trying to do with an Arcadium. Yeah. Do you do you think that would work in South Africa though, like a channel similar to Complex, where yeah. you have all those different contents? Because looking at an Arcadium, it's Microwave Boys, mm. and then it's the short films of of broke niggers, mm. and then it's the film reviews. One could say like those are completely three different things, yeah, yeah. elements, and to house them on one channel, does it work? Uh, for me, I think it works because you you are basically trying to cater to different markets. There are people who don't like um, microwave boys, who who could like reviews on tab, you know, yeah. and there are people who could like broke niggers and not like reviews on tab. So people can go on the channel for their own different reasons. But you see the numbers, they still come in. So for me, I think that would be perfect for if there was more of that in this country. So just to give that variety, because with variety, you introduce different markets. True. You know what I mean? So if I make a show about, I don't know, uh, dogs, and then I get like 5,000 white people who watch it because they like dogs, but they don't yeah. like broke niggas. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it, f- it, it it helps to try. It, for me, I think it's good to do that just to try and tap into different markets to see what people like and what people don't like yeah so what's what's the plan for the channel like moving forward um, more shows there or yeah man ideally it would be nice to have like a lot of shows on rotation but also the main plan is to just make money off the channel you know i think i've been doing youtube enough for a long time and i just feel like i think it's time i must try and align myself with money you know it's not just about passion it. anymore yeah look at, at the, it as a business at the, yeah at the beginning it was just fun man like because yeah because i didn't even know where it was going or how big it would be so now i just want to try create content that could make me money still keep it like dope but make sure that somehow there's some sort of money coming in yeah. i feel like it's the only way i could sustain maybe five to six shows and and do what i want to do or envision to do i just need some sort of income from that to, to assist in that yeah 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 and i feel like sponsorship as well is like a big part of that like of the revenue that one should be making from youtube especially with like 
the way that YouTube has been popping off, especially I think in the last two years, mm. in South Africa where the audience has been growing now. Yeah, yeah. You look at a lot of um, people, from three years back, you could only get around 500 views. Now you get channels where, look at uh, Zuki and Karaba. Consistently, their channel hits over 10K every week. Whereas, I think a few years ago, there was unheard of, especially for black YouTubers in South Africa. So that's something that brands should be looking at in terms of let's sponsor these channels. Because that's that's very huge also, like internationally with brands getting involved and all that. Is that something that's viable in South Africa? I know like some people do get sponsorship. It is viable, but I think brands in SA are still very reluctant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because brands i think brands they they prefer a more controlled environment and uh, youtube is not it's very uncontrollable it's a very yeah. uncontrollable environment and when brands are involved they want to f- they want that element of control you know because they they brand identity is very sensitive to them so they struggle to to fully endorse youtubers or whatever the case yeah. it takes a while even for people like sibu you know he still struggles to secure brands even though his channel is very clean very yeah, yeah. very brand friendly he still struggles you know because they're just very reluctant because they just know they are they, they're aware that youtube is uncontrollable and you know these young people they're uncontrollable and they and they know that they can't come in and tell them what to say or what to do they have yeah. to just accept the channel for what it is and then decide to be on board and that for them is is very difficult for them because so they want to they want some sort of surety that or guarantee that the brand is still safe and 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 doesn't have a bad look around it you know what i mean so they're yeah. very careful on youtube or who they endorse um but it but to answer your question it is possible and i think it should be happening but it will it will happen eventually it's happening now slowly but it like with makeup artists i know yeah they're very chilled about that you know like yeah. if you look at michelle i'm pretty sure she has a sponsor you know yeah, she's um, killing the game yeah i'm 100 i don't know it for sure but i'm 100 percent certain that she's getting sponsored and see so so her her environment is more controlled because she's very straightforward it's makeup so if a makeup brand gives us stuff they pretty they they, they pretty much know what they're going to get from her but now if you're going to endorse broke niggas they don't know what the fuck is going to happen on that episode you know yeah, so yeah. they're not going to sponsor that episode um but if if let's say reviews reviews on tab it's very straightforward it's film so oh stokini knows exactly oh they review movies that's that's what we're getting from them so i can jump on that i know exactly what i'm getting from it yeah. microwave boys is tricky because you don't know what they're going to say in an episode you know yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they could be sponsored by um axe on one episode and then we're making fun of Ex- black coffee who's an ex ambassador they yeah, don't know yeah. what's going to happen so they won't they'll be very reluctant on jumping on or they'll tell us please don't say this please don't say that and there could be a back and forth there you know so they want something controlled and something that is guaranteed that they know the outcome of and then they'll jump on so if you're looking for brands just make sure that your outcome is very consistent so that they can feel more comfortable you know yeah. endorsing you yeah um but also Sometimes the viewers themselves are not happy with that brand when you get it. Because I remember, I think it was earlier this year or last year when mm. Microwave Boys had the Savannah 
um yeah, yeah, sponsorship yeah. yeah people i saw in the comments that people sometimes would complain that some of the comedians that you're bringing on were not even funny <coughs> yeah they were bringing down yeah, yeah. the show and stuff like that yeah well you see there um i don't think people were upset at the brand they want to yeah. upset the savannah they're just upset to the comedians you know um and i think you see there with savannah i don't think savannah wanted us to say to lie i don't think they wanted us to lie okay. because i said to them i was like if these comedians are whack you know then we're gonna we're gonna tell them that they whack you know what i mean yeah. and that's exactly what microwave boys did yeah they did um so i think the people weren't necessarily upset at the fact that we got a brand on board i think they were more upset at the fact that these comedians weren't funny you know because yeah. what happened for me when i watched it is that sipo basically upstaged all of them you know and that yeah, and i was yeah. asking is that a good look for savannah because sipo is better than all these comedians and he's not even a comedian so what happens now because the the aim of this brand campaign was to push these comedians who are going to be performing at an event and they come on the show and they whack and yeah. the guy and sipo is better than all of them so what happens now you know so that kind of got awkward but savannah was like it's fine it's cool if just we just want to make people aware of the event the event yeah okay. yeah so the comedians just weren't good enough i guess for the for the um, for the show for the crowd or who watches the show and i think it was dope because that's what you get on youtube from people people will be honest they'll tell you but that's just whack you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah. and that's cool i was cool with that but yeah i think you know it's important if, if you're gonna get into youtube then you need to know that unfiltered comments are gonna come through yeah. as a brand so you need to be aware of that yeah yeah i mean yeah you have to be aware of it but that's why i say like they they want they want to be sure but i think i think brands don't really care much um wait are we cutting oh. no no not yet oh brands don't really care about the comments they care yeah. about the numbers so like if you lose if you use miss Sally for example she gets like 100k views and let's say there's a guy in the comments who's like, um, I would, I want to suck Michelle's titties or whatever, right? Yeah. Because obviously she's beautiful. I don't think they care about that. I think what they care about is the content that Michelle is putting out. I think they're aware that YouTube comments are messed up. Yeah. But they just know that Michelle is going to deliver the best YouTube tutorial. And that's what matters to us, really. And the numbers are going to show. And the majority of the people are going to be positive. Sure. Not a lot of people will be negative, especially for her type of content. So I don't think they really care about content, about comments. Yeah. Oh, the core is here. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So second half, we joined by Bukhali, a.k.a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exposing government names. Yeah, man. <laughs> Um, introduce yourself, Michi. Um, I am Boshali, like you said. Yeah. Um, AKA Kyoto Indie. Um, yeah, man. I work very closely with the homie right here. Right. Um, yeah. And, and what do you do on the channel? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, <clears throat> so like, there's a timeline, obviously, of like the work we've done, but. Yeah, yeah in general i've done most of the the motion graphics for a lot of the stuff that's on the unacadium channel yeah. and i've made most of the music as well that's on the channel 
Um, so my role really is to help where I can with whatever I can in terms of the content produced on the channel. Yeah. So like what's what's the process of you choosing the music on the channel? Is it just someone that you're pumping at the moment or do you just go through a process of... Like in terms of like choosing music that's out there to put on the... Yeah, episode? to oh, put okay. like the indie artists that you guys oh, put so, on the channel. Okay, I'm glad you actually asked that. So the plan was from the get-go to try put on up-and-coming artists yeah. um, or artists who really had something to offer that weren't getting the recognition they deserved, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's always stuff that both Mindy and I like. So the process is pretty simple. Like, it's whatever we're bumping at the moment or whatever just came out or even if it's not what just came out, but what's out that's really dope that no one seems to know about. Yeah. And the whole idea was because, especially with like microwave boys, because it gets so many views, um, we thought it was like the perfect platform to kind of give or shine a light on all these dope artists that we personally feel like, yo man, these dudes are dope, but like not necessarily out there like that. So the plan was always to use, to leverage that platform that gets so many views to benefit those artists yeah, yeah yeah so niggas shouldn't hit the dms <laughs> to, to you know what we're not even i mean it's not even like that like they're more than welcome to you know um many have funny enough um and we've actually used their stuff as well on the oh. so it's not like something that we, we we don't necessarily encourage but um we, because we don't get that much mail or dm or whatever yeah, most of the yeah. time it's stuff that we source ourselves like for example with the microwave boys um um some of the artists that have been put on were suggested by sipo for example you know um so at the end of the day it's a collaborative effort it's just that most of the time it it, it, it lands on myself and Minzy. but yeah man it's it's they're more than welcome to hit us up you know yeah. um, um one of the microwave boys episodes was about i think the one of the most recent ones was support culture in SA. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest complaints was that people holler or even in the comments or in Twitter, they'll be like, yo, we're trying to get that micro, that broke niggas match. Mm-hmm. And then that doesn't really translate into sales. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. would does match, would match work in South Africa? Given like, that like from a popular shows microwave boys or mm. broke niggas but still mm. people are not buying much man i think the idea of merge especially in like in in essay in, in like street culture because the internet is so young yeah. i feel like the idea of getting merch out there is still also a relatively new thing like i i i do think merch can succeed i think merch can get to a place where you know um if you if you fuck with this you yeah, definitely yeah. rock it you know i just think that a lot of the things that we're going through um in 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 street culture and in pop culture in south africa is still relatively new like a lot of it is still new um we were just having this conversation the other day that yo it's crazy how many youtube channel how many young youtube channels are popping up now that's dope yeah, like yeah. if we were to go back five eight years ago um when if we were to go back to when when minzy was starting out for example it, yeah. 
there weren't a lot of them out there and and the idea was always to 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 kind of join that space because i guess means you had the foresight knowing that it it's it's bound to be something amazing you know yeah, yeah. and i feel like all of these things are connected and merch is 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 like a frontier that's that's yet to be really like something recognized and i think yeah. it's getting there right now um like you said a lot of it doesn't translate into sales and that's okay you know um for now i mean we're still building the brand as it is so um while we're bring, while we're building the brand we're learning the pitfalls we're learning what to do what not to do so it's okay we we we're, we're slowly getting there you know um we we've, we've seen with other brands or with other you know um merch that it can get to a place where the support is really there we just have to be persistent and and really put in the work and 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 put out quality content as much as we can also i think with with also with youtube there's originality matter mm mm yeah <sighs> the thing is you, you see like these challenges or yeah stuff like that that everyone does yeah so it's a thing of does originality really matter on that platform because you're going to come up with something someone else is going to do it it's exactly. tricky man They're like just going to do their own version of it it's crazy a few years ago there was this concept of you know everything is a remix yeah um like Yes, originality matters because it stands to place you apart from the rest. But at the same time, I've seen situations where something could be borrowed, something could be, you know, um kind of used as a reference, but then ends up being way better. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. so I think yes, originality matters. I think authenticity is important. Yes. Um, but at the same time, I think we should recognize that we live in an age where so much is happening, so so much. Um, and because of that, you know, there will be situations where we've seen something before. Um, yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that it can't exist in the same space. You know, um, at this, for for example, um, if I if, this is like the perfect example to me, um, we could we could create a show like right now that borrows a lot from. you know a show that's popular in the US. Yeah. But if we could flip it and you know add a South African element that is relevant to us that right there is like you you you're tapping into a pocket that's like very very unique at that point. Yeah. It, it and because not a lot of it exists, new. yeah. Because not a lot of it exists from a South African perspective. that that makes it incredible i think yeah. you know i think we we should we should um try to explore and work through as much as we can and and learn from all the things that we borrow from and and see um because we stand to create a lot more great content that ends up being quite original in the long run i think yeah okay. now hey one i think it was two years ago yeah um microwave not microwave broke niggas released what is arguably one of my favorite intros i think the one in the parking lot the smoking the editing there it's incredible that's all menzi by the way it's you <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's all menzi and menzi, then right? a couple of months later some rappers beat that <laughs> shit 
You know what? You know what? It's, it's not even that deep. Like, um, my question is, how pissed were you guys? Because, like, legit, that was the entire concept. They didn't change shit. Because I watched the I watched the video. Like recently this week, I watched their video and I watched yours. Didn't change shit. Do you wanna? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, I w- I was very pissed. I was very annoyed, but because I mean we because s- I think what annoyed me the most is because we aren't like official. We weren't really official creative people, but we created a very creative concept. Yeah. Um. We were just like chilling, trying to mess around, seeing what works wasn't planned and you know like it meant a lot to create that so when somebody did it and kind of like took it it was a bit annoying but what was more annoying was i think it was maybe like a lack of acknowledgement in some sense i think that's what annoyed us the most but um yeah i'm not a big fan of stealing ideas and I personally felt like that was a stolen idea. I don't know. You know, the, sometimes people do the same thing and you can see that, hey, they were just uh, they were just in the same train of thought. Yeah. But they didn't really take it. Sometimes you can see when people weren't intentionally trying to take something, you can see that they were just thinking the same thing. Yeah. But you can see when something was just taken. And, and, and I think it was taken personally, you know, as much as when, yeah. that, when it happened, they were, they were obviously acting like they don't know what we're talking about and uh, which was which i expected um so i think i was upset but i think the way i approached it for me was okay i think i approached the the situation the right way um because i could have gone on twitter and they probably would have acted like they don't know who i was Um, i could have confronted them in person probably played probably they would have acted like they don't know who i was i knew i knew i already knew what the way they'd react so I was just like, let me just take my one and their version and you you guys can decide who, what is what because I felt like it was stolen. And yeah, I just wanted to confront the issue. For me, it was just confronting the issue so that yeah. so that they're aware that if you do stuff like that, someone's going to confront you. I wanted to keep quiet and be like, let me let it slide. But I'm like, maybe they felt like it was okay to do that. Maybe they felt, maybe they felt like they had a higher following so yeah. nobody yeah. would really know who we were so they can just take it and do it because people do that all the time. They go to people with less followers, take their ideas elevate their ideas become huge from them and then act like they don't know who these guys are it happens all the time so i was just like i had to confront it and get it out there yeah. um so that wherever there's an argument i just pull that thing yeah sorry okay. okay cool so um yeah so my main issue was trying to make sure that just to show them that what they what what they did was not okay because sometimes yeah. people will take something and not realize that that's not okay you know some i see people do that all the time where they'll take people thinking that they're referencing when they're actually just taking and to them it's like what's the big what's the issue you know so yeah. I, I think i was just trying to show them that that please try not to do stuff like that again you know um because they on their from their view they might they might not have been trying to be malicious they might be like ah let's just do it man hey, whatever you know but not realizing that you're actually stealing something that took a lot of time to think of so and that's basically what i was trying to do um by confronting that situation yeah. the least they could have done was just acknowledge the fact that at least they got inspired like, yeah, I feel like that's I mean, the minimum. I, ideally, yeah, but uh, to to expect that from people, uh, dude, you'll always be disappointed because um, 
some people just feel like they're better than they're better than you or they'll do yeah, it better yeah. or whatever the whatever they're thinking but yeah, either way i just had to confront it you know what i mean and now yeah. and, and i didn't hold a grudge i don't i don't have any beef with those guys you know they they must do their thing they must flourish whatever the case may be but i, I i'll always confront something when it doesn't sit well with me especially something that took a lot of time to create yeah yeah but yeah because that, uh, that's it's one of my favorite <laughs> so i really understand I, I i feel like i would have confronted them Nah. Because th- 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 just th- that thing looks like it took a lot of time yeah. and creativity going towards editing it and even yeah. just coming up with that. And then to have someone else just a couple of months later yeah. just bite it as it is. Yeah, man. Yeah, but we did confront it. We just didn't. We just did it in a more strategic manner. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like I said, man, if I confronted it on Twitter. I know for a fact they'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know you. I've never heard of you. I know I know exactly how these people think. I know I can see it f- from a mile away the type of responses I'm going to get. So I had to do it in that manner. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Do you guys think we could ever get to a point where YouTubers could move in the same manner that? thinking someone like Issa Rae, that transition from just a small web series to now having that HBO deal. I think now she has an overall deal there. Yeah, where yeah all I her think ideas. she's producing like a few other shows that are upcoming and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. So, like the transition for her from just being that small YouTube creative to now she's out here throwing parties in yards with Tracy Ellis Ross and shit. <laughs> yeah. Can can South Africans make that transition, even if it's just in South Africa? It's it's a matter of time. Um and by that I mean it will take time. Like it will take a long time yeah. to get there. Like um what we have to understand is um the way like YouTube is ever evolving. And it still is evolving in countries where it's like, like in the U.S., you know yeah. what I mean, yeah. where, where it's it's such at a high level, it's still evolving. And I feel like here, I mean, it's very different this side simply because you know we have so many other constraints and the landscape in general is different. But something like that can happen and will happen. It's just a matter of time, you know. Um, I mean, if you look at, for example what people like wasabi have done or um who, who, which other youtube youtubers are on that like just like narratives like like um people like uncle scrooge offense yeah moshe definitely yeah, yeah. yeah you know um it has happened actually where um people who who started at youtube are now in tv you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so but at the level that you're talking about like with isa it's it can happen and it will it's just a matter of time i think so i really do think so yeah Yeah, i mean i just want to yeah and like technically it is happening because musha is a great example musha literally was creating um content on his phone it wasn't even like some it wasn't even like what we're doing with graphics it's literally a phone and just a personality he's on Mzanti magic um presenting for like three shows he's on the queen he just did the reunion for um real housewives of johannesburg being the main host he's literally the main host um so so to answer your question it's happened 
Mushi has made that happen. So uh, Pharaoh has made that happen. She's on MTV. She was on Mzanti as an actor. Um, so so it is actually happening. So um, it's the beginning of it, basically. So yeah. so yeah, yeah. To answer your question, it's happening because those guys are from hundred percent from YouTube. Mushi is one hundred percent a YouTube. He was YouTubing before me. You know what I mean? So a lot of people want to say, "Oh, on Arcadia, I'm the pioneer, wada wada," and that's cool. But but I'm not gonna sit here and and, and literally front <laughs> like there's no information of YouTubers before that. And Moshe and Pharaoh were 100% YouTubing before us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So it is happening. They started it, but it's gonna happen more. I can see Cebu. Cebu rubs shoulders with a lot of famous people. Um, Wasabi is. Wasabi, Yo, wasabi literally was on the Mzanti Magic show. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's happening. It's happening and it's going to happen. It's inevitable, basically. It's, it's an inevitable thing. It's going to happen. I think Wasabi has had the best year of any creative this year. Um, Yeah. Probably. Yeah, for me, I said, yeah, Wasabi and Muzi for me had yeah. the best creative years because Muzi just fucking came out of nowhere. Like, shot up, you know what I mean, with Afrovision. So, Wasabi and Muzi for me, probably the dopest creative years. Yeah, um, Wasabi is. Um, yeah, yeah. Just a good 2018 for them personally, from my from my view, from my perspective. Yeah. Like a good year, yeah. yeah. He's killing it. I enjoyed the album. He killed it on The Queen, I think it's the show. Um, just he's been doing a lot of dope shit. Super talented. Look, um, I recently saw some shit where they said, like African in African movie. I had no idea it was out. It made like seven million. <laughs> That's like literally one of our favorite conversations. And, like, yeah. And then, like South African like movies that are being headed by black actors, they do like two million. That's um, that's like at the max even. What the fuck is going support on? Support culture, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I man, this is my perspective. Like, yeah. man, I, I'm not going to pretend like I know exactly what the cause of something like that is. Yeah. Because there's a lot of moving parts in something like that. But one thing I have seen is that, man, Afrikaans people support the fuck out of their own... Like, they really go out and support their creatives. Like... Their followings are so loyal that it's scary. Like um, to see, you you have to understand the communities are fairly small. Yeah. Like if we look at the, the 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 ratio of white and black in our country, we all know that you know the percentage of like white to black. So for a community that small to really push something that far, it really says a lot about us. You know. like and how we look at our creatives and our content you know that's for me that's 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 what i took away from like um what how 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 well these these movies do at least that's where i've seen it um i don't know yeah yeah i agree africans people man i don't know they just support people but um (laughs) the the most straightforward thing is um in south africa we black south africans who make these movies whatever i'm trying to take care of their core their core crowd like i've had this conversation with kelly we're very neglectful for people at gas basically those yeah. people that will watch your movie um and also why do why do people watch movies like just the, the why do people go to the cinema to watch movies and the answer is that it's just good marketing um 
in America, we know about movies because they market the shit out of their movies. Okay, That's like, true. um, cool. Like I was, um, we made an example of Five Fingers of For Marseille. Uh, the movie probably didn't make a lot of money. Probably lost money. But did you guys try? Did you? We don't put enough budget into into our marketing. Mm. I'm pretty sure if you research Afrikaans movies, this, they're probably they're probably marketing it in those in those areas. Yeah. Probably putting yeah. up posters and trailers in those areas where there's a lot of where there's a core Afrikaans group of people who would be into that. In essay, we don't we don't market our movies. In Number yeah. Number is an amazing action movie. There was no marketing. If yeah. I don't know your movie exists, I'm not gonna watch your movie. Actually, you know you're what right. I mean? Yeah. So if you so I if. If, for example, um, I was saying to Five Fingers of Marseille, they were having premieres at like Newtown, um, you know, Santin. These people aren't going to watch your movie. Go to Maponya if Mall. you go to Maponya Mall and yeah. you put a poster of starring a cowboy, Ekasi, you would have made fucking 50 million. Because people are going to be like, okay, one, this black guy is a cowboy, he's got a gun, action, post. Okay, let's go watch this movie. What's happening here? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, number one, black people who make films are very elitist. They go to Santin to premiere their movies. No one's going to fucking watch your movie in Santin. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one's going to watch Inamba Namba in Santin. These, these, these PR critics, they're not, they don't care about your movie. There are kids who are 12 who would watch Inamba Namba and go crazy. The movie is amazing. It's an amazing action movie. <laughs> but nobody knows it's amazing because it was marketed in the wrong places. You know, so for me, it's a marketing thing. It's really that simple. Black Panther made 17 million in this country. Shit, Black people went and watched it because of marketing. It's the only reason people went to watch Black Panther. It was just well marketed. People went and watched it. We have the money to pay for your movie. It's not about money. Yeah. But m- make us aware that we are considered when you're, when you're making this movie. We'll go watch your movie. We'll go support it. But yeah, sorry. Did I did it cut? Yeah. Um, uh, to carry on with okay. your, with Manzi's point, I think for me also, it's I only became a five fingers when I went to watch Black Panther because the marketing for Black Panther was that good. I knew about Black Panther a year before it came out, like a year before it even started shooting when they were busy announcing yeah. the cast. Yeah. That's when I knew yeah. oh, they're making a Black Panther movie. Yeah. And uh, I also think in South Africa, corporate doesn't really get behind our movies. Like you know, provide the budget for for the for the marketing of those movies. I mean, I work in advertising, yeah. and and my experience in who people want to advertise to has always like shocked me because. It for me like like I'm inclined to agree with Minzy on like the hood being you know probably the the greatest thing you could probably take care of when you're making content because um there's always this thing of appeal like as dope as this thing is it it we want it to appeal to this specific demographic because I don't know we feel we feel better about that I don't know but for example we went to Comic Con this year and there's a movie that's up that's coming up um what is it called it's the Togoloshi movie yeah it's, it's called Togoloshi yeah and I'm like I remember wanting there to be an actual Togoloshi movie like a proper horror years ago I yeah. I remember wanting that and then when we get there and we see the poster and everything, I'm like, oh, it's happening, but no one knows. Yeah. 
Like, and the movie is coming out like now. Yeah, it's coming out now. Have you seen a trailer? I Have you? I get that budget sometimes is, 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 you know, an issue. But I also feel like we have things like social media where to push something, um, you know, sometimes yeah. you can get away with not having a huge budget. I mean, Togolushi is like a huge thing in the hood, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, who does not know about that? I think this this also might just go back to our conversation about influences. Means this would be a perfect time to use... Um, especially with like movies, for them to push something as South African as a South African movie. Um, well, I yeah, I get you, but also I think we we too reliant on social media. Um, you know that, I, I and this is not just the I still know people who have, um, like, uh, um, okay, well, it's been a while since I've seen this, but uh, people who still have like BBM or or mix it, you know, like whatever the case may be. And I think for us to rely too much on social media is a bad thing because we also need to do some groundwork, you know, like um, if, if, for example, just as I was saying this, I was saying, oh, I was speaking about Five Fingers and I'm like, if these guys hired out, you know, like a grounding yeah. and you brought like a projector and you were just like seats and you were like, guys, you want five. There are 500 seats to fill for the movie. It's free. Anyone in this neighborhood, come watch this movie. It's free. It's a whole projector. And they come sit and watch If Five Fingers and they enjoy it, for example. Those yeah. 500 people are going to be like, my gang, eh? this movie is dope, whatever. That groundwork marketing, it helps them. And then you put a post up and they're like, oh, that's the movie we watched. That's the movie we saw a projector. Bong Echo. Yeah, Bong Echo. You need to go to a Maponya and go watch it. We were yeah. watching this last yeah. night for free. That type of groundwork is how to get the hood on your side. These guys aren't on Twitter, bro. That, those guys are actually chilling. Not, and this is not. And I'm not. I'm not saying that people from the hood are, are behind. I'm just saying that not not the people that 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 would consume your stuff aren't on Twitter trying to find the hashtag. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. we need to stop relying too much on it. We need to actually go there and say, what do you guys and like? What do you guys like? Uma Marco, what does she like to see? How many kids do you have? If you saw a cowboy or you starring, would you watch it? And, and you go to them and do surveys and research. Because if you look at um, people who 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 create successful shows. If you, if, you, if, you, if you investigate them, they did a lot of research. They go and research. What do these kids want to watch? So if you did more groundwork, especially with film, just put up a projector, a cast, and stop, stop making premieres and inviting PR. Just put up seats in the hood and put a projector and say, well, five, 500 people, cut off time. You can watch from outside. You can even watch from your roof. If you can see the movie from your roof, Ibugel, but those people, if they enjoy it, they're going to talk about it. Like, oh, no. and then when they go to the mall and see the post about, oh, yeah, let's see Bugeli. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many other ways. As much as we talk about marketing and no money for marketing, there are strategic ways to market things if you understand who you're trying to market your crowd to. So we make movies for other people on, in the world. We don't make movies for South Africans. Um, Nigerian people, they made Bollywood. We used to laugh at not Bollywood. Yeah. Look at the quality of these Nigerian movies coming yeah. out now. They're shooting in Aria Lexus. They're shooting movies. There was a there's a lady who got a net a show a movie on Netflix. Lion. She's a Nigerian woman, because Nigerians the main focus was let's make movies for Nigerians. So we were laughing at Nollywood, but Nigerians were eating this shit up, and it pumped so much money into 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 Nollywood. They they they, they ended up having enough money to say 
let's buy the expensive shit now let's make the movies you're trying to make you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. the strategy is everything and if you don't care to understand your crowd and you studied at some elite school and you rub shoulders with elite people in santon don't ever complain when your movie doesn't make money like don't complain just be happy your movie was made but if you're trying to make money you need to cater to people you need to cater to african people you need to create cater to the main demographic and the township is a humongous demographic in this country. I know there's a lot of educated black people and they rub shoulders. We are this big, dog. Ekasi, there's millions of people who would fuck with what you fuck with. If you just yeah, if you just true. catered for them and thought about them and make them realize that you're thinking about them, they would come and support you, you know what I mean? It, I think so, yeah. Mukwen is kind of trying to do this. Yeah, same. yeah, yeah. I heard that he does. Yeah, he's pushing that Taking movies agenda. to the township. Yeah. Ekasi movie nights. What Tapelo Mukwen is doing is a great start. And it's just that not a lot of people know about it. Like, I recently found out about it. So, yeah, that for me is, that is the answer for me personally. That is the answer. When you make a movie, a black movie, you must never take it anywhere but the, those areas. You know what yeah, I mean? And, yeah. and I'm telling you, it, it, you'll make a lot of money from that. But, uh, you know, what you're saying is correct. If you think back to those movies that Sinyaka was making, a mm. couple of it, those were huge mm. in the hood. Yeah. Huge. Um, who's... There was that guy, the character that he used to have with the funny looking Matluput. Matluput. Yeah, 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 it was humongous. Stuff like that was, was huge in the hood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was no, huge. Seriously, they fucked with that guy, yeah. So, yeah. I think people have a weird relationship with being associated to Ekas. Yeah. Like, like, um, I love using Casper as an example because that's one person who, who said, um, you know, like, you know, Bentleys are cool, like, you know, living that life is cool. But like Kasi is is the root. That's where it's at. Like that's where I'm always gonna start. Um and the strategy has worked every time. Yo, he has it on lock. Every time like this new upcoming album. Yo, Kasper has the, 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 the whole sound is quite inspired. Watch that shit work. Like th- that stuff works, man. Because ah. he understands where the numbers are he understands where the support is and i think that's something we have sure. to be cognizant of yeah yeah no you're not he's, yeah he knows his market and he knows how to cater exactly. to it exactly look look at it's weird right because look at look at him knowing his market and doing all that yeah and then but look at his instagram this nigga's going out to paris you know yeah doing yeah the most incredible things and 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 people seem to think that it's because he appeals to dudes in santa nah not it's even it's the hood b yeah it's the hood man yeah. yo chance uh this has been an incredible conversation fortunately we're running out of time uh we should do this some other time <laughs> we definitely right, thanks, should thanks bro um thanks for thanks for hollering nah Hopefully thank you guys not hopefully I'm sure you guys will grow so yeah, when thanks. it's like you must invite us back when it's like more subscribers <laughs> no yeah. we definitely will uh, yeah. on that note yo um, we are on YouTube uh, No Limit Podcast we are on SoundCloud No Limit Podcast Zere catch us there uh, don't forget to like subscribe retweet us on Twitter all of that um, thanks for watching thanks for listening from me, Menzi, and Kyoto, we out. Peace. Come on.